Welcome back to the Shrimp Ride Talk Show. I am your host, Fabian Comanche, and how are you guys doing today? Before we start with our next video, please remember to like and subscribe and hit that bell notification because YouTube likes <laughs> YouTube likes to hide my videos and not tell anybody that they've come out. So if you want to know when the next upload is, press that bell icon and you'll be notified. <gasps> Remember to subscribe and remember to leave a comment and share with your friends. <laughs> I don't know. My girlfriend and I love to do that bit. Anyway, um, yeah, we're back. Welcome back. Hello. This is the newest episode, and I'm glad to get into it because I think it's going to be great. Um, this is a November episode. I'm recording this uh, like early. The halt! <laughs> it is I, future Fabian. Ooh. From a, just a few weeks down the line. Um, we're redoing this one. Yeah, I gave the intro. That was past me, yeah. Uh, present, future me right now? I could never do such a cringe thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, pretty much we're redoing it. Not that it matters to you. In fact, we could have gone this whole episode and you wouldn't even know that it was redone. But you know what? I, I'm honest. I'm a man of the people. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> Uh, also, you know, the last two episodes that came out before this one, they came out like way later than they than I thought they would, and so in the event that this one comes out way later than it should, I want to be as up to date as possible. So, yeah, and also in between the last time that I recorded this episode, there uh, in my original outline and stuff that I just talked about in general, there are things that I mentioned and things that I completely failed to mention. And I also have a, and I've also had new experiences in between, and so um, I'm a different person than I was a few weeks ago, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of wanted to pop in as a little little ghost of shrimp future or something. And so when I clap my hands, what's going to happen is you're going to forget that I interjected, and this episode is going to continue as normal. And you're just gonna roll with it because, as far as I'm, as far as far as we're concerned, this never happened. All right. See you on the flip. So yeah, today's episode, <laughs> today's episode is gonna be November themed. November because November, unsung hero. November is the unfortunate middle child uh, of this time of the year. You have October right in the high of spooky season. Ooh, boo, wee. And then you have November. Then you have December. Yay! Christmas! Woo! Yeah, well, I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. You know what? November is a month. November is a month that has many days. <laughs> and it deserves to be treated as such. We cannot keep just jumping straight from October to December. November needs love, too. November, this is for you. This is... This is your song. And so pretty much, yeah, November episode. This is for you, November. I'm a hero. I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of you. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to talk about in this episode, and I mean a lot, because there's a lot happened this month, so let's just get right into it. Let's start off November 1st. What happens on November 1st? What else is on your calendar on November 1st but Dia de los Muertos? Um, and that translates word for word perfectly into Day of the Dead, and, you know, some of you may not know that, and it's completely fine. Um, you know, when I say that, I kind of have my roommate in mind, 
quick little side tangent. I just think it's a fun story. Maybe you won't find any joy in it. Who knows? But <laughs> so I live in a room with a roommate here at the school. You know, my roommate's kind of a funny guy. Not because he has wits about him, but the com- the complete opposite. <laughs> and, you know, because we share this room, I always ask him if I can do stuff because I'm not just going to hang stuff up on our door without telling him because what if he's like, no, right? We share the space. I'm going to be respectful of that. And I wanted to hang up some decorations for Dia de los Muertos. And I asked him if I could hang up these decorations. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. And so I actually did end up hanging them up, but I actually hung them up before Day of the Dead, before Halloween even. And one day my roommate, he walks into the room and he said, you know, that Halloween decoration on the door looks really cool. And I said, thanks, but it actually it's for Dia de los Muertos. And he was like, what? Cinco, Cinco de Mayo? What? Cinco de Mayo? And, <laughs> oh my gosh... Uh, you know, you, you can just imagine how that went. Not, nothing bad happened. I was just like, well, no, not at all. And then I had to explain to him uh, everything. And I'm like, literally, it's October, bro. Why would I be celebrating the 5th of May? I don't even so. <laughs> we don't even care that much about the 5th of May. <laughs> but I just thought that was a really funny story. Just, oh, yeah, Cinco de Mayo, that makes sense perfectly, whatever. You know, just to touch upon Dia de los Muertos for a minute. Uh, it is a... Pretty much you, you celebrate people who have who have left this plane. They've, they've moved on. They've passed. And you honor their memory. You hold them close. And this person, it doesn't even have to be a family member. It doesn't even have to be a person. It can be an animal, a pet of some kind. So long as this being had any kind of impact on you. So so long as you loved them, that, that's really ultimately what matters. And yeah, pretty much it's kind of like, though they're no longer with us physically, they're still with us spiritually, emotionally. They're still in our hearts. We carry them with us. And this is us showing them that we still care for them. We still remember them. They are still part of us. And it really is such a beautiful time, not because of the sentiment or what it stands for, but also just visually... Uh, the colors, the decorations that are made by hand, the music, just the, the culture in general, just the, the overall look of it. It's a, I think it's really something to behold. And I think it really is such a testament to our people and the the connections made, just the, the values that, that it's lasted this long and will continue to last. So I think that's really cool. But again, just wanted to touch upon that. November 1st, and you know, Day of the Dead, you think, oh, just one day. There are definitely instances where it is much longer than one day, and I think that's also really cool. And so, you know, we've we've had a really serious discussion, you and I, just now, about Dia de los Muertos, you know, the culture. And of course, we're going to move on from that sentimental, beautiful note to something absolutely stupid. Let's talk about the November challenges. (laughs) Gosh. Um... And so, first of all, we have No Shave November. And No Shave November, it is, it's a classic. Uh, pretty much all it is, is it's in the name. You know, you don't shave for the month. And this is to bring awareness to men's health, different kinds of cancers. And I, I think that's pretty cool. I like to think I can participate in No Shave November. Uh, but the problem is, I, I don't have the juice. I, I don't have what it takes. I can't go the distance. <laughs> uh, just look at my my genealogy. <laughs> 
No, I don't know if that's the right term. Don't come at me, science people. Uh, my mom's a relatively hairless person. She's got more of that native in her, you know. And my dad, uh, his must he's got a he's got a really nice mustache. But I guess it took him a long, long time to grow that. And he's so afraid of shaving it because he thinks that it'll just never grow back. <laughs> and so he's always just trimmed it. And so I think that's really funny. And so you add those together and it pretty much equals zero. I've been, I was doomed from the start. I can't grow any facial hair. When I try, and I, I believe me, I'm trying. <laughs> it just looks really patchy and thin and gross. I look, I look like a bum. And so I definitely learned that I prefer the clean-shaven look. However, I do like to keep the sideburns. The sideburns look all right. They look decent, but everything else got to go. Even the chin hair is decent. I just think it looks weird with just the chin hair. And so there's No Shave November, classic. And then, of course, we're just going to we're just going to we're going to hit the ground running with this one. No Nut November. Yes, we have No Nut November. Um, everyone knows what it is. You're telling me I can't eat peanuts for the whole month? Are you kidding? Yes, sorry, Billy. Uh, we got it. This is to raise awareness for the people with the nut allergies. You know, but it's very necessary. <laughs> um, you've just been fooled. You've been tricked. You've been lied to. That's actually not what it is. Of course, it's a, uh, it's kind of a pact. It's for it's for men. And I'm trying to think about the origins of when it started and whatnot. And I don't know how. It's it's been around as long as I can remember. But as long as I can remember, it really only spans back just a few years, and so who knows? <laughs> but the earliest I can recollect uh, any kind of mention of it was definitely during middle school. Honestly, I think it probably was created around that time. And so pretty much, it's like it's a men going through celibacy, self-control, and those values alone, those are pretty important. Those are pretty good. I think that's uh, that's pretty strong of you to participate. Here's the thing, though. Um, it started off as kind of a joke and it was really funny in the beginning, but it's 2023 now and the amount of times I've heard of this be ran to the ground, people getting super obnoxious about it, the stupid freaking free coupons, like dude, guys, this, this was funny, but it's not funny anymore. We got to move on. Okay. Oh my God. Did you just lose note on November? Who cares, bro? Who cares? I'm, I'm, I'm staying strong. That's great, buddy. But dog i don't know like i said for those people like more power to you and it definitely is a time of, of great strength for some men but you, you gotta cool it man it's it's not it's not that it's not that funny anymore i think i think we peaked whenever we peaked in the beginning <laughs> and it's kind of been a slippery slope down and then we kind of peaked a little bit whenever we started saying you're getting superpowers from this that was kind of funny that was really funny i still think it's kind of funny day five i can read everyone else's thoughts right? But we just got to tone it down a little bit, man. Uh, you know, in, in the meme economy, there's, there's really bad inflation around this one. So let, let, let's just keep it down a little bit. Maybe, maybe it'll be funny again. Uh, and then we have, of course, no natty November. Uh, pretty much no natty. Get, put me on the juice. <laughs> uh, I'm going for it. I'm going for gains this uh, this November. Uh, I don't participate in this. It's, it's a joke. I, I don't think people actually do know Natty November. I just think it's really funny. It was worth mentioning. And of course, today we're, we're starting a new one. We're starting No Nonsense November. Uh, from this point on, during this whole episode, there will not be a single nonsense. And if there is, Lord help us all. And so moving on from the November challenges, just because that's a whole lot to unpack, lots to unfold.
Let's move on to November 3rd. So we, we started on the 1st of November. November 3rd, a notable day in the history of the entire planet. Because <laughs> uh, very, very important to me. Because November 3rd, anybody know what it is? No, you do not. It is Godzilla Day. November 3rd, we celebrate my boy's birthday. I have a really special connection with Godzilla. That connection being that we are one in the same. I am him. He is literally me. Um, I'm built like Godzilla. Uh, Alpha Titan, you know. <laughs> I'm built like Monster vs. Godzilla. You know, big, beefy. Ah, king of the monsters. That's me. That's me. Anyway, Godzilla this year turned 69 years old. I'm pretty sure 1954 would have been. Yeah, 1954. He made his theatrical appearance in Japan. And I just want to take this time to talk about Godzilla for a minute. You know, I just talked about how this is going to be a really quick episode, but I have a lot to talk about of all these little things. Godzilla, I love Godzilla. And 69 years, I think that's really crazy, especially because that's well over 30 movies, and he's gone through so many phases. He's been a she sometimes, and, like, they've gone from being a destructive monster to, like, a, a hero, a protector, to destructive monster to hero protector kind of a, a a force of nature a balancer of nature to like a protector of nature or whatever to a destructive monster so you know he goes through his phases but you know i i love him love godzilla you know there was one point you know he went to he was a weird dinosaur in new york and everybody hated him or no it was a her because it laid eggs at the at the end right and then there was an actually pretty decent animated show based off of that. But no, I'm really into the Godzilla, the whole lore. Uh, all the different eras are really cool. Just kind of want to talk about that original idea of Godzilla for a minute. We're going to get a little dark here. I'm sorry, folks. But Godzilla, what they, what he originally was intended to represent, I think is really powerful. And I think a lot of people kind of gloss over it. Uh, so Godzilla, the first one came out in 1954. And we know that Godzilla, he's a giant monster who destroys cities. <laughs> and so kind of think back to a time in Japan before 1954, relatively recently, that would have resulted in the destruction of cities and the loss of lives. And Godzilla, he is a metaphor for that. Godzilla represents atomic warfare. Originally, he, uh, even his design, the, the way his skin looks, uh, his destructive nature and carelessness for, for human life. It is a dark reflection of atomic warfare and, and the consequences of it. And I think that's probably the scariest Godzilla has ever been. And, you know, you could also interpret it as kind of like a destructive force of nature created by the weapons of man. Like Godzilla himself is a dark reflection of what we have done to Earth. And so that I think that also can make it scary because that makes him, it makes it kind of seem like we had it coming. Like he's he's a he's usually I mean, in both premises he is a direct consequence of us in some way. And so it's kind of like we deserve it. This is this is what you get for for messing with nature or whatever, right? And so I think that's definitely really interesting. And and then he became a hero, kind of a a, a national symbol almost. He has he has his own star on the freaking Walk of Fame, doesn't he? <laughs> Uh, and then right now we have two Godzillas, which are really cool. Godzilla minus one comes out soon. I'm really excited for that. But 
we have the legendary monster vs. Godzilla, who is a force of nature, but he he works to restore balance. He's a, he's a protector of sorts, right? I think it was 2016, maybe. Uh, Japan came out with a new Godzilla movie after like over a decade, and this version of Godzilla, scariest he's ever looked, Shin Godzilla. He also is kind of like a a product of man, right? He I think what created this version of Godzilla wasn't it wasn't nuclear warfare, but it was. It was like the he's inspired by the, the triple disaster uh, in 2011 in Japan, I believe. So there was an earthquake, like really terrible earthquake, but that also made a freaking like 30-foot tsunami happen. And this tsunami tampered with and caused this nuclear power plant in Fukushima to just go haywire and explode and leak the radioactive fluids and steams or whatever. And thus Godzilla in this one is created. And the whole movie, it's continuously evolving. But this 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 creature, it, it's mindless. It's There's nothing behind those eyes. I think that's what it's supposed to represent. But you can tell that it's in pain, agony the whole time. And it's just walking through a straight line. It has no idea what it's doing. Because if you started off as a microscopic... Because if you started off as a microscopic speck, and then all of a sudden you, you've, you've gained several limbs, and, and you can walk, and you can breathe on the land... Like you don't, you're gonna be so confused. And so this creature, literally, it, it's it just. I'm pretty sure this movie also kind of had like a a message about the the Japanese government, like a, like a critique of them as well. And so that's kind of uh, kind of bringing us back to the original origins, kind of making Godzilla stand for something, right? And this version of Godzilla, definitely the creepiest, scariest looking yet. This the way that the skin is all it's like melted, just all over the place. There's all kinds of gashes all over him, bleeding. The beady eyes, the jagged teeth all over, and of course you have the gnarly stuff like his his tail has a has a face on it and it shoots lasers as well. And by the end of the movie, a bunch of little men are crawling out of it. it, it it's weird stuff, but you know Godzilla definitely really cool. So there's my Godzilla talk for the day. And now let's go ahead and go on to the other thing that happens on November third, World Basking Shark Day. The basking shark, for those who don't know, that's the big one with the big mouth, not to be confused with the whale shark. Or the Mega Mouth. <laughs> the basking shark is pretty cool because I think it actually looks like a shark. It's got the pointy nose. That's a shark. Uh, you know, they, they're not really too crazy. I think they're kind of cool. Um, they they bask in the sun. That's where they get the name. They're filter feeders. They're kind of peaceful giants. So yeah, there's the the basking shark. Basking shark and Godzilla. They share a day, and I can actually form a connection between the two. Are you ready? Aside from the fact that they're marine creatures. The basking shark, 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 whale shark, whale shark, whale. You know, this is like those uh those those, those trigonometry problems. I forgot what they're called, but you have two different sides of an equation, and you have to simplify both sides until they're the exact same thing. This is that. So we've we've done one side. <laughs> we have we have whale on this side of a basking shark. Godzilla, Gojira, the original name, Gojira. A combination of the Japanese words for whale and gorilla. Whale, whale, we've done it. Um, there you go, connection made. Bam. <laughs> and then moving on from the 3rd of November, we have the 5th of November. And what happened on the 5th of November? Sackboy turned 15 years old. For you guys who don't know, Sackboy is the protagonist of the Little Big Planet games. It's this tiny little guy with a zipper on him, and he's made out of well, sacks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and pretty much, he represents creativity 
And he's kind of like this blank canvas. He can do whatever you want him to do. He can be whatever you want him to be. Sackboy, very meaningful part of my childhood. Such a treasure. And on November 5th, the the official Little Big Planet Twitter was like, hey, celebrating 15 years, Sackboy, whatever, right? And I was like, that's crazy, 15 years. And then I did more research. He actually made his debut on October 27th of 2008 in the West. But it was the 5th of November that he was available worldwide. The game was available worldwide. And so I can kind of get what they're doing, but like, technically he turned 15 a while ago. This is a belated 15th, but whatever. And to celebrate, we're going to do a quick Little Big Planet game ranking. Are you ready? All right, go. Little Big Planet 1. Uh, solid 8 out of 10. It's the original. It set the precedent moving forward, and it's just a really good time. Uh, there's really, you can't go any lower. It had a nice little story. Nobody plays the games for the stories, but you know what? It had a nice story. And when you play the story, you actually unlock a bunch of costume pieces and objects and stuff to, to, to work with. So you kind of have to. You should, at least, if you're a creator. And, you know, this game uh, was the first one I ever played, and I actually didn't have it at first. My friends introduced me to the game because one day I went to their house, and they were playing it, and I instantly fell in love because everything looked perfect, right? The the visuals, the gameplay, like, the music even, everything stimulated my little brain. It, it's as if the game was tailor-made for me specifically. I needed to play it, and eventually I did get it. And I'm sorry, Mom. I apologize deeply. You know, I'll tell the story. Um, <laughs> a long time ago, so here's the thing about Little Big Planet. They had DLC, and this DLC usually comprised of, of licensed content, usually in the form of like costume packs, right? Make your sack boy look like a licensed character. And I really wanted to make my sack boy look like some licensed characters. <laughs> and so I asked my mom, and I think she actually did say, yes, you can buy like one or two things. And so I was ecstatic, over the moon, excited, because, like, yeah, finally. And so she told me to buy, like, maybe one or two things. I ended up buying more than one or two things. I guess there was some kind of miscommunication. And whenever she saw, she got kind of mad. And then I was like, don't worry, Mom, I can delete it. And uh, I could not delete it. It was... (laughs) And so... Yeah, I know I'm not the only person to do that. I know who you are. You know who you are. I'll never forget. You know that one embarrassing thing you did back in 2016, and you're like, oh, nobody remember that. I remember that. I remember everything. Don't don't think you can be slick. That's not directed towards you. It's directed towards you. You know who I'm talking about. I don't. <laughs> I have schizophrenia. I'm going through a schizophrenic breakdown. <laughs> but anyway, LVP1, 8 out of 10. Perfect. LBP2, 10 out of 10, the most perfect game. There's no way you could ever talk me down. There is nothing bad to say about this game. My mom surprised me with this one uh, after I had been longing for it. And the reason I was longing for it was because I'd be on YouTube watching the, the videos about the game, tutorials about the game. Just to, I wanted to, to see what was going on. And then I started to see some things that were literally impossible in the game I was playing. And I was like, what? Eventually, I figured out there was a sequel, and I needed the sequel because I saw some really cool levels on there that I needed to play. There was like a fighting game with a bunch of random characters. I remember Kratos was in it, and somebody made that in Little Big Planet. I needed it. I needed it. And so, 
my mom caught wind of this and she ended up getting it for me. But she got me the special edition, which had a bunch of DLC already on it. So I guess I didn't need to use her card to buy it this time. Um, the story was absolutely insane in this one because let's see, we had we had cinematics and we had we had voice acting and actual like characters. They weren't like little cardboard cutout flat characters. They were actually like like three dimensional characters like they they had personalities and stuff that was that was insane they had emotions and then you know aside from the cinematics you know this game they added a lot of stuff like like controlinators which let you control like anything you could make your own music and you had sack bots which uh, i don't think i need to say anymore Those, those things alone are more than enough to push this game forward and it really opened the door for like so many more possibilities. And I think in this game, you really felt like you could do anything. And I know for a fact that out of all of the Little League Planet games that I've played, this is the one that I've spent the most time on. All the games I've played, like this is maybe like 40, 50% of my time. And so that, that that's pretty, pretty wild if you really think about it. <laughs> and I know my family is definitely annoyed by this because, well, um, the PlayStation's in the living room. And there's a family TV. And so guess who was on that TV for several hours in a day? They had to kick me off. And then moving on to the next one, Little Big Planet Carding. I'm going to give this one a solid 6.8 out of 10. Uh, my mom also surprised me with this one. My mom loves surprising me. And I was excited because it's Sackboy. I love Sackboy. I can't get enough of him. Uh, the problem is um, I'm not really much of a racing game fan. I can't. I don't really have fun playing Mario Kart or anything like that. And so while I was excited to play it and I did put the time in, you know, I definitely wasn't Little Big Planet 2. But I did get the beta test vest for playing this game. So more power to me, right? But no, it was definitely a good experience. Yeah, I did get to, now that I think about it, I just, I just casually mentioned the beta test vest. I literally participated in the beta for this game. So that, that was kind of huge. But, you know, I'm just not really much of a racing game fan. But this game, for what it was, it was still pretty good. And I do dig the level creation. Uh, I, I've seen some people do some really cool stuff on there, but it's not the same. And so I didn't really work with it too much. But, you know, 6.8, we'll, 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 we'll end up to a 6.9 uh, just because it's a solid experience. I, I, I just don't, I'm not a big fan of racing games. And then moving on, we have Little Big Planet 3. I'm not going to cover the Vita or PSP versions of these games because, like, I never experienced those. And as far as I'm concerned, they never happened uh sorry vita and psp little big planet fans <laughs> little big planet 3 i'm gonna hit this one with an 8.4 out of 10 um just a little bit better than the original and i can really only say that because there's there's a lot of circumstances with this one right first of all media molecule had been developing the games before this point and they've been doing a fantastic job but this time around sumo digital took over and they did some things that were a little weird but you know what it's whatever uh, they did add some really cool stuff, like in the original games, you had three layers, three different planes that you could interact with. This game bumped that up almost five times, and you could do 16 layers. 16 layers. That, that's insane. And they added new characters, new playable characters. You had, I mean, nobody really cared for the playable characters, let's be honest. We all just wanted to be Sackboy. But you had Odd Sock. He was like a dog who could jump really high and do wall jumps and he was really fast and then you had swoop who was a bird naturally <laughs> and you could do bird things like glide and swoop 
And then, and I think Toggle is definitely like the best one just because there's a tiny form and the big form and they both altered the character's physics. Like if it was tiny, they could walk on water and they weighed nothing and they weren't very strong at all. But if it was big, it would sink to the bottom of a water source. They were heavy and they were strong. And so it was kind of a nice little uh, duo there. Definitely some ideas for like mini games and puzzles and whatnot. I think that was the most versatile slash most like potential character there. But the reason why this game is so low, you're like, oh my god, Fabian, that sounds great. Literally, why is this lower? This game was such a mess at, at launch. I got it launch day, and I was so excited, and it was a really good game. I remember I was excited because they had a thing where you could create gadgets, handheld tools for Sackboy to use, and this was definitely used to, to comedic effect. <laughs> um, I made some really cool stuff, though. I made, what, like a battering. You could throw it and pick it back up. Same thing with a Pokeball. I was really excited to play it, but the thing was, the game was kind of broken at start. It was it was buggy, it was slow. The, uh, a lot of the there was a lot of like problems with the online server. I think just just nothing worked, and eventually those would patch up. But by the time that those issues got resolved and everything got better, a lot of notable creators that I knew had left. As we know, that I, I was I was pretty involved in the Spider-Man community on there. Spider-Man, there's my Spider-Man mention. Oh, of the episode, let's go. But I was heavily involved in the Spider-Man community on here. And all the notable creators, all these people that I was actually like kind of friends with, they were they had stopped playing. And so that was kind of sad. But I mean this game still had like so much stuff you could do, like more stuff than Little Big Planet 2. I don't even know how that's possible. But it's just it's not as tight of an experience, I guess. And, you know, even I moved on from the game. I started playing Dreams. The minute Dreams, like, was announced, I was already hooked. It was just a matter of time before it came out. And Dreams is like Little Big Planet on, on crack cocaine, on speed. Um, it, you could do anything in Dreams. There's, there's hardly any limitations. Like, I am serious. I, It's insane. There is so much stuff you can do. Uh, I don't even do that as much anymore either. But that's just because I kind of go through these phases. Like, okay... You know, for like a week or two, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to work on these characters and this gameplay. And then I stop. And then we're back at it. And then we stop. It's just, that's just how it is for me. And Dreams actually is a media molecule game. And so they came back. They made this really cool game. And that that's just that. But Little Big Planet 3, 8.5 out of 10. Not 8.4, 8.5, just because it is better. And I know that they actually have fixed a lot of the stuff that was wrong with it. It's just... In my opinion, it's kind of a dead game, but the the Twitter would prove otherwise. Or, I'm sorry, the X would prove otherwise. Um, I guess it's still a very lively community, which is great to hear because, I mean, it, it was a good time. And I did actually, you know, there's, just throughout all of the Little Big Planet games, I made some really good friends. And on Little Big Planet 3, especially, there was this guy I vibed with. We created a level, and you can find it on the, on his moon. Uh, it'll be called Three Nights at Shrek's. Uh, obvious Five Nights at Freddy's parody, right? It's some really good stuff, I think. It's especially because yeah, my, my co-developer and I, <laughs> we uh, we developed it like really quickly, and we had the the labor split up pretty nicely because his main focus was like the design of the level and making sure everything looked nice, and I was behind making sure everything functioned nicely, and so we were a really good team. And we were working on a sequel that was like a direct parody of Five Nights at Freddy's 2, the best in the franchise. 
I said it. There you go. But it never fully came to fruition. We kind of just stopped at that point. And if you want to hear some A1 voice acting from yours truly, I think it's night two. There you go. There you go. Sackboy, a big adventure. I got to give this one like a 7.5 out of 10. It's it's really like, I don't want to say it's nothing special. It's a nice little 3D platformer. It's definitely not a mainline LBP game. A lot of people were disappointed because there wasn't any like level creation tools or stuff like that. And I, I, I completely understand that, but this is a spin-off. This isn't meant to be that. This is meant to be a 3D platformer, and I think it's actually pretty good for what it is. Um, I love the aesthetics, the music, the aesthetics, the, the handmade look to everything. And the closest thing I can think of is like Yoshi's Wooly World. And so I really like that look, that vibe, that handmade look, the felts, the fabrics, the cardboards. And speaking back to that creative thing, I think if they were to eventually add like a, a creative mode, I think it would be more like Mario Maker of all things, you know, kind of like a here are a bunch of tools you can incorporate, go crazy, but you're not going to be able to make your own freaking assets and stuff, you know. Um, but definitely still like good game, and it's really fun to play with like more than one person. With all the other Little Big Planet games, including this one, it's always been up to four players co-op. And so playing this game, and that's local co-op too, not even just online, uh, for both. So yeah, you know, I got the game, and my girlfriend and I play it together, and that that honestly makes it more fun. And that's even more fun that there are levels specifically designed for more than one player, and there are sections of levels with puzzles designed for like two players, and so that kind of stuff. Um, it encourages that kind of play, and I think that is the best way to experience a game like this. And just some closing thoughts. Sackboy, he's my guy. Um, in this game, he kind of has a voice. He sounds like a little like a little guy, and I think that's really funny. It's really cute. And he is also goaded with the sauce. <laughs> and he's the chosen one. He's that guy. And so, you know, good stuff. There's the Uptown Funk level in this game. Really cool stuff. I heard that there's a toxic level, Britney Spears, in there somewhere. I gotta get to that. But the Uptown Funk level, good stuff. Was not expecting that. And I'm not gonna talk about the mobile games because I I played the first one, Run Sackboy Run, like once, and then I deleted it because like why would I like I have it on my PlayStation. You know what I mean? I have Little Big Planet. I don't need this. It just wasn't really interesting to me. And I think there was like microtransactions and stuff that annoyed me. And then right now, I think there's Sackboy Ultimate, which is pretty much the same thing. Um, again, I don't really need it. It looks cool. I like the graphics or whatever, but uh, there's really not much to talk about. So yeah, mainline Little Big Planet games, quick summary, LBP1, 8 out of 10. LBP2, 10 out of 10. Perfection, oh my goodness. LBP Karting, 6.8 out of 10. 6.9 out of 10, I forgot. LBP3, 8.5 out of 10. And Sackboy Big Adventure, 7.5 out of 10. And now that we're kind of on this high of video games, let's talk about Mortal Kombat for a minute. They got an update recently, and you know what they finally did? They nerfed Cyrax. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. He's finally not as good, but he's still really good, because I'm still getting hit with a 50% combo from Cyrax and Baraka. <sighs> um, they added an Omni-Man. Uh, Omni-Man is kind of cool, except, you know, people only know like one combo with them it gets really annoying getting hit with that stupid aerial combo you know the one i'm talking about they go into the viltrumite stance and then they throw you into the air and they do the thing where they like dash through you a few times yeah that, that's really annoying because it does a lot of damage 
And so I will not be getting Omni-Man. They had a Tremor as a cameo. Tremor is pretty interesting because he has three variations to him, just like his playable debut back in Mortal Kombat X. Um, I probably will get him eventually, but I'm not like too, I'm not dying to get him. There's the Natara season for Invasions mode and Combat League, just Natara in general. I think it's really cool because the last one, uh, you have the McDonald's employees, red, orange, and yellow, which is a nice color combination. And you know what? It makes sense because last season was fire-themed, right? The Spectre. But it just looks so bad sometimes. Though, Don't get me wrong. Those tatted-up skins with like the embers and stuff all over, goaded. But this season, the blood season, right? Natara, vampire. You got the you got the black and like the blood red, white with like a cherry red. You have like this nice cool dark silver, and sometimes some gold instead. Purple here and there. Everyone has this dark gray kind of pale vampire complexion to them, with blood everywhere. They look sick. And this is actually a really well designed like aesthetic, I think. Speaking of skins and stuff, they added the skin for Sub-Zero that covers his hair. Finally, I've been wanting that for a long time. Nothing wrong with Bihan's hair. Nothing wrong with Bihan. Nothing wrong with Bihan's face. Nothing wrong with anybody in this game's face. For whatever reason, everybody in this game is just so attractive. But um, I really wanted them to cover his hair up because that's Sub-Zero's... That's his classic look. He doesn't have his hair poofing out of his head. And so it's cool to finally have that. Of course, this is in the form of like a remade Deadly Alliance skin which looks pretty cool, but I think it makes his head look really round because it's realistic in the way that his ears just bulge out of the the mask hood thing. Um, push them back a little bit. Push them in because it makes his head look like a circle. <laughs> uh, and before we leave off, please, please, please. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was really... Um, please buff Sub-Zero. I beg of thee. Please, 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 please. And let's go ahead and talk about Attack on Titan, uh, because that's a thing that happened. Uh, the ending, the last, the, the, the final chapter, the, 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 I don't know, it's finally, the ending, it finally happened, it finally released, and I thought it was pretty satisfactory. I thought it was kind of missing some things, but then again, like... I don't even know what I would add. Like, I, I don't know. I think I just want more. I wasn't ready for it to end. That being said, I'm kind of a casual fan. Like, literally the only reason why I watch it is because a long time ago, somebody constantly kept telling me to watch it, and I finally caved in, and I actually became kind of a fan. But I'm very much a casual. I'm not, I'm not super into it, okay? I just think it's a really cool thing to follow here and there. In fact, when I was watching the final episode of season four, season four part like 28 or whatever... <laughs> that was also that, that that was really dumb, you know. Why why are we calling it season four like part four, the final? Why can't we just? I, I don't know how they could do this, but it, it was just really annoying. How are we dividing this season up into several years? You know, there was so much time between the last episode and this one that I completely forgot what happened going into this one, and so I I was kind of like going into it as if I hadn't seen the one before. Of course, I started to remember a little bit, but man, that that that's kind of funny. I think. But I like the ending, you know, the, the spoilers for Attack on Titan, the chapter, uh, season four, chapter part like 96, who knows. And the manga, I guess, because I'm pretty sure they end pretty much the same way. Pretty much, Eren, he gets killed, and he finally has his last kiss with Mikasa, and it's really cute, and they spend their time together, except he erased their memories until they finally regain them, and it, it's a nice touching moment, and at the end when she buries his head, and 
even though he told her to forget about him, she never does. And they're, they plan to make peace, the whole world, to my understanding, because I'm not, again, don't, I'm not diehard. Don't, don't, don't take this as the end-all, be-all official. I think Aaron's goal was to create a time, an era of peace for his friends, because he knew that peace never lasts long, because he can see the future and stuff. He knows that in eras of peace, they will always end with war, because there will always be conflict. Humans will always find something to wage war for. And so his goal was ultimately just to create an era of peace for his friends. But to get to that, that post credit scene, I really like that a lot. Because you even see this, this notion in action. You see through the credits that um, there's a peaceful time and the, the island starts to become more advanced. Automobiles, skyscrapers, future, you know, we're in the future. And then war happens and everything gets destroyed, fallout. And uh, the ruins are covered. Nature reclaims these ruins. And then you see this little child walk through these ruins, and he happens upon this tree, which Aaron's head is buried under. And the tree is huge, and it has an opening inside of it. And he goes into the opening. The cycle will repeat itself, because this giant tree, the kid walking into the tree, it's it's literally directly calling back to when, to when Ymir walked into her giant tree and got connected to the hallucinogenia or whatever and turned into the founding titan. And so... You know, it's kind of like a, it's a repeat of events. I think that's really cool. It's poetry, it rhymes, you know. Speaking of anime, and I'm not really an anime fan. One just came out recently, and I loved it. Scott Pilgrim takes off. When they first announced it, I was I was going kind of crazy for it, because I loved the movie. I I haven't really read the books, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the stories and whatnot. I have the game. I love this character. Uh, the movie the most, because I've had the most experience with the movie. And then this anime was announced for a Netflix that had all of the actors from the movie. You had Michael Cera, um, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, people like that. Of course, Lady Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I love that movie so much. And I really like the premise of this anime. It kind of follows... What if Scott Pilgrim never had to face the seven evil exes? There's a whole lot that can happen. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, oh, she plays Ramona Flowers. Oh. <laughs> and this the series kind of follows her uh, as she uncovers kind of this, this mystery. But there isn't really much conflict or fighting. You know, it isn't a physical overcoming of these exes. It, it's an emotional one. It's This is Scott Pilgrim. If it was about emotionally healthy people who, who sorted things out instead of just running off or attacking people, you know? <laughs> and so you get to see growth not just from the seven evil exes who were really one note in the originals, but from um, but from Ramona Flowers as well. Because I think in the original, you know, material, she doesn't really get much much growth. She kind of, she's just Ramona Flowers. But in this one, you really get to get that deeper dive into her character and... I think that's definitely really important, especially because, you know, like, she's such a big part of the story. Why not, right? And because of the change of events, this is a whole new timeline. And so I think it's really cool if you've seen the original. And honestly, I think it, it, it accentuates the original. You watch this one, and you've seen the original, and you get to appreciate the differences, and you can see where things diverge. And I think it's a really cool thing. It's definitely a really cool way to, to revisit classic old characters, but with a new story. But also 
in the process, we get to flesh out these characters more and, and build something new. At the end, they actually have like a teaser for like season two almost, just a, where things could possibly go. But I've heard there's no plans for season two, which is fine. I know that they put everything that they could into this season, and I appreciate it because it was so good. I loved it. There are definitely some people upset of the fact that they cast the live-action actors to do the voices for the animated series. I understand that. The thing is, they actually all do a pretty decent job, I think. There's not a single bad voice in this one. I think they're all just fine. Uh, especially, you know, they're, they're not Natara in Mortal Kombat 1 bad. No, not Megan Fox bad. These people, it sounds like they want to be here, and they're putting in the effort, and you, you can tell. But yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off. I loved it. I gotta rank it like an 8 out of 10. Just, I love the animation, I love the story, I love the characters. Ramona Flowers. <laughs> it's good stuff. And speaking of Scott Pilgrim, speaking of Pilgrims, let's talk about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving must be left out. Nobody cares about Thanksgiving because it's part of the middle child. Thanksgiving is the holiday middle child between Halloween and Christmas. You know what I mean? And so Thanksgiving, it's always left out. Nobody cares. We always jump directly from Halloween spooky season to Christmas. And that is that is just an atrocity. Dude, mi hermano en Cristo, there is a whole month, almost two, in between Halloween and Christmas. We, we got we to gotta put some... Put some respect to the name. You put your Mariah Carey away. I don't want to hear no Bing Crosby. You can wait like three and a half weeks. <laughs> um, there's really no movies or anything for Thanksgiving either, though. That makes it harder. With Halloween, there's hella movies. With Christmas, there's there's movies up the wazoo. With Halloween, uh, but with Thanksgiving, there's like nothing. I can only think of like the original Spider-Man movie, and that's only and that's only by technicality. Um, they have that scene where they're at the Thanksgiving table, but that's like. That's like the only time it's a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> you have Willem Dafoe making his weird, creepy Willem Dafoe face. Just his normal... He's just acting like himself. <laughs> uh, but this year we rectify that. There is a movie this year. It's called Thanksgiving. And it's 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 interesting. Let me tell you that. Uh, when I went to go see the Five Nights at Freddy's movie with my girlfriend, we saw this trailer for the new Thanksgiving movie, and it looked just gnarly, right? It, it, it went kind of hard, harder than it had any right to. It's, it's a slasher flick, and it's about this murderer who's dressed like a pilgrim, and he kills people with only things, quote-unquote, straight from a Thanksgiving table, right? There was that, that, that line, there will be no leftovers. Uh, I was so hyped to watch that, and I watched it, and it did not disappoint. It is exactly what I expected, um, it, it was the goofiest movie I've seen in, in a while. Um, but that's kind of the charm, right? It's, it's a slasher film. It's got the goofy aspects. Sometimes this dude, he's got Jason strength. <laughs> Sometimes he's a little weakling, you know? We love that. And just the, the kills are brutal and just the, the, the theming of all of it. it it's, it's, it's funny, uh, but it's also a nice little thriller. It's got the twist villain, like every murder mystery type movie, every slasher. You get introduced to a whole cast of people, and you have to determine out of this cast, who is it? And they have one person that they're trying to tell you it is, but it's actually not this person. It's the guy who's been helping you out all along. This movie kind of follows suit. Uh, but there is another twist that completely came out of left field, and it, I guess it made it more interesting. But yes, over-the-top movie, pretty pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I, I would... I would recommend you watch it, but only once and never again. 
you know, speaking of Thanksgiving, somebody once told me that Thanksgiving was a colonizer holiday and it's really hard to shake. And that's, and it's true. It really is true. It's hard to think about, you know, Thanksgiving for a lot of native peoples, it is a day of mourning. And, and I feel like we don't really talk about that enough, but, you know, cause back in, you know, the early days, they, they tell you that, uh, the pilgrims came to this land and they worked together with the natives to, to endure the winter and they shared their food and their secrets and their love or whatever, right? They shared a dinner table and they said, amen. I don't know, but that's definitely not all what happened. We all know it. And so, you know, it's kind of hard to shake that, that, that idea. And November is also National Native American Heritage Month. Definitely bring awareness to that. Those are the kind of things we need to celebrate. That's what we need to bring attention to. None of this colonizer crap, right? But damn, do I love going home for the holiday and eating the food. My, my brother-in-law, he smokes the turkey. My mom makes literally anything. The mashed potatoes and gravy. Mm, the turkey, the mac and cheese, the green beans. Everything, man. Stop playing. I'll tear it up live right now. And it's just... Mm. <laughs> I love being able to go home and just see my family and share this meal. Food is such an important part of the culture, just in general. And so to do that, I think it's it's really nice. And I do like that sentiment, right? Being thankful and spending this time with the people you love. And I very much love, uh, and I very much appreciate that the school gave us a week off this year because it really gave me that much more time to spend with these people. But speaking of the colonizers, I got to admit, I made a little whoopsie. I made a mistake. I misspoke. A few episodes ago, and it's been bugging me ever since those words left my mouth in August. Let me tell you, there was an episode a while back, Jared and I, we were talking about how our indigenous origins were relatively unknown to us. And I was like, oh yeah, because of Spanish Inquisition. Well, my friends, this is not the Spanish Inquisition. The Spanish Inquisition was when the monarchs and the Pope at the time said, hey, no more heresy. If you're not a Catholic, go away, go to jail, lose everything you own, be tortured, or maybe you can convert, or just straight up die. I think these people were known to burn people at the stake. So it was definitely a pretty bad time. They were they were doing this all in the name of, of a Christ, right? Whatever. When the Spanish invaded Mesoamerica. It was, it was during the Spanish Inquisition for sure, but that's only because the Spanish Inquisition lasted well over 300 years. You know, the, the Spanish invasion happened because they were in the pursuit of glory and gold. We literally learned this in high school. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm, I'm kind of dumb. But you know what? Maybe I'm not, because here we go. You know how I said glory and gold? Spanish invaded during the Spanish Inquisition. Because of that, the Spanish were really into their religion, right? So, when they, they, so whenever they invaded, they had the other goal, the other motive of converting the natives to Christianity. You know how I said glory and gold? Well, the other G is God. There's three of them. God, glory, and gold. And so because of that, you could, I, I could still say I was right. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> I just I had to let it be known that I know I made a mistake, okay? Educational content. This is what you come to the Shrimp Fried Talk Show for. And so Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. My family and I watched the Cowboys game. Well, let me tell you, great game. Oh, my, like, great game. Literally, I don't cheer that much for, for NFL football, but I was sitting there. I was going crazy. Deron Bland with that pick six. Oh, my. Woo. Woo. Good stuff. Good stuff. How about them Cowboys? And so we're going to cap this episode off talking about the Five Nights at Freddy's movie and other stuff Five Nights at Freddy's related. Because I know for a fact 
Now, once the movie came out, a lot of you were like, hmm, what does Fabian think about the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? And you know what? I'm here to tell you. I, I know that thought's been burning in your mind for a month at this point. Um, we'll get to that. I just want to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's for a brief moment. I used to be like a super fan of it, especially in the early days. Like I was around during FNAF 1 and FNAF 2, right? When all, with all the weird animatics and animations, the how to make FNAF not scary, Vince, the purple guy, phone guy, um, the uh, the stupid, what, 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 what would you do with the drunken sailor? And then, like, it's like the bite of 87. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but it wasn't, it kind of, the hype for me kind of died down after part four. Um, but I, I was I was there, you know what I'm saying? I was present. And as I said earlier, FNAF 2, best one in the franchise, easily. It took everything the first one did and just expanded upon it. The cast of characters doubled in size, and, and then some, right? Uh, they added more mechanics. Of course, there was the, the the Living Tombstone song that came out with it. Banger. The Man Behind the Slaughter. The Purple Guy. Purple Guy! You know, um, it was definitely the best one. Balloon Boy. Uh, Dee Dee, I think? Or is it... Which, what's the other one? What's the girl Balloon Boy? I forgot her name. But the puppet, the marionette, good stuff, really, just solid, 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 solid time. And so, yeah, FNAF is actually known for its lore. But again, you know, the lore just went crazy with this one. And that's kind of what the, the series is known for, is the lore. The lore, the lore, the lore. It's known for just the how badly it's told, how spread thin it is, how everywhere it is, and how and how relatively unsolvable it is. I don't know why, but... I got after I was uninterested, you know, just randomly like a year ago, I got really back into the lore and I know like everything. I, I know the I know like everything that there is to know um about the about the storyline and the lore. I I've 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 the amount of content I have absorbed into my brain. Um I don't know, I'm kind of a FNAF historian now. <laughs> uh but you know, just going into the movie now, um I went to go see it with my girlfriend. And this is our first time going to, like, a really, like, expensive movie theater. And I don't know, man. I don't think I can do that again. Here in the hometown, they kind of spoil us. It's not that expensive. It's actually pretty fairly priced. But then you go anywhere else, and oh, my God. To be fair, there were love seats. There were recliners. And everything was, like, really high quality and whatever. But, like, my lady had to pay over almost 30 bucks for the tickets. And I had to pay almost 30 bucks just to get a bucket of popcorn and two drinks. That is just, that is insane. Uh, let alone, you know, I knew snacks were going to be expensive. And so he went to the dollar store and, you know, stuffed some candy under her shirt, stuffed some hot Cheetos in her crossbody bag. And even still, I, I still ended up spending hella money. It's, it's crazy. But it was a good experience. Definitely for the special times, though. But I think you're definitely paying for the experience with that one. Um, and this experience was pretty good. Um, except for the fact that we were sitting next to, like, the most diehard FNAF fan. Uh, he was like 10 or something, and this kid would not stop talking throughout the whole entire thing. <laughs> um, he's also kind of a fake fan, you know what? Because at the end, uh, spoilers for the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, at the end, uh, he's like, uh, come find me. You know, he spells out with the letters, and he was like, oh, FNAF 3. Uh, at just about the same time, I was like, oh my god, a FNAF 2 reference. And my, my girlfriend started laughing because I'm the right one. Come on now. That's definitely FNAF 2. Are you kidding me? You, you kid? You fake fan? <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's, let's talk about the movie for a minute. I, I think this is a really good 
movie for the fans. I think that's what it's really made for is for the fans. And, but I also think it stands on its own pretty well. It is kind of goofy. It's kind of all over the place. But for what it is, I think it actually is a pretty solid adaptation. You know, they definitely changed up the story and the lore and whatever. But I think that works because the original one is still kind of eluded. It's, it spans over several decades. To, to try to even tell that story on screen cohesively sounds like a nightmare. And so I'm glad they went this different route and they introduced these new characters or they retrofitted these older characters into different ones. I think it's good stuff. Um, the animatronics are insane. They look just like the first game. That Some modifications have been made, of course, but down to the details, like Foxy's eye patch not being complete. Um, even like the teeth, the Foxy's teeth are like weird, just like the game too. And so they really went all in with these. They look really cool. And this movie has spent so long in like development hell. And so I'm glad it was made. I know Scott Cawthon was really wanting this movie to be made the right way with the right people. And I'm glad he finally found those things. The cast is really strong. Uh, I think about Matthew Lillard in this movie a lot because he perfectly captures the character of William Afton. You know, obviously when I think of Matthew Lillard, I think of Shaggy. And so it's so funny to see him go from Shaggy to like this sinister, genuinely evil character. And um, I think it's also kind of ironic, you know, Shaggy works for Scooby-Doo and at the end of every episode they they unmask the, the monster and they're like, oh my god, it's you from the beginning of the episode. And this movie kind of followed suit. Matthew Lillard, William Afton's like alter ego at the beginning of the movie, we don't know anything, we just see him. And then at the end, he takes off like the helmet or whatever, and it's like, oh, you from the beginning of the movie! So I think that's kind of funny, kind of ironic. And of course, at the very end, the, they're in the credits, they had the original FNAF song by the Living Tombstone at the end. And it's just really sweet stuff like that, just kind of feeding into the fans. Even uh, This movie even had a bunch of cameos and Easter eggs. Camps, no, notable cameos, Matt Pat was in it, and... Very obviously, you know, he was like, that's just a theory. <laughs> and Corey X. Kenshin, and there is, I think there was other YouTubers like in the background of like a, like a one shot, you know, their pictures as employee of the month, really good stuff. Um, some, some problems I do have with it is the pacing, but I think it felt pretty even like, I think it felt pretty well paced up until the end. The end, they're just trying to get it done. A lot of stuff happening at once. Um, definitely some loose ends too, like, what about Aunt Jane? Like, is she alive? Is she dead? Are these dudes really just casually eating cereal in their in their living quarters after their aunt was like brutally murdered in there? After their aunt was like brutally murdered in after their aunt was like brutally murdered in there? You know, what, what are we doing? You know, William Afton he said his iconic line, "I always come back," uh, but it makes no sense. Like, literally, how? You know, like how do how do you always come back? You 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 never even left. You know, this is this is the first time you're dying. Well, what are you what are you talking about, buddy? The animatron the animatronics. Even though I just talked about how cool they were, their eyes I thought were a little goofy, just being straight up red. You know, like I've seen their eyes be like little red dots, which I think looks cool. I think I would have preferred that the little red dots, or maybe even the little white dots. Um, I just think the the orange red glow was a little weird looking but it honestly is whatever most of what i have to say is nitpicks and even like story-wise like why would william afton go from minnesota which is where the movie takes place to nebraska to kidnap and kill some random kid it makes no sense to me at all of course there are theories right now that 
maybe there is a reason and that Michael Schmidt in the movie could be Michael Afton from the game, son of William Afton. And that's pretty cool, but that wasn't talked about. That wasn't said. That's not canon as far as I'm concerned. And so it just, it, it just makes no sense in my brain. But the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, it's kind of peak, not going to lie. But I give it a solid 7.4 out of 10. It's a good effort. It's a good watch. It's worth its time. I just think that it's not any higher than like an 8, really. Um, I would review Spider-Man 2, the game, but I didn't get it. I didn't play it. Um, I wasn't really hyped for it until like recently, and then all of a sudden the hype hit me like a truck. And now I'm, a, I'm, living, I'm living to avoid every single spoiler on the planet. It looks really cool, though. And I eventually hope to play Super Mario Wonder as well. That game looks insane. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and follow me on the Insta, at FabianCamacho04. Um, shout out, shout out, shout out. Shout out to the fall season. Um, again, kind of the forgotten middle child. <laughs> you have summer and winter. Nobody cares about fall. But fall is arguably the prettiest looking season of them all. I love the colors. I love the leaves falling from the trees. I feel like nobody really talks about this, but like notice how the, the colors are all warm, right? But they only occur when nature, when the temperature drops, when it gets cold. And I'm sure there's something deep that can be said about that, but I'm just trying to get out of here. And so, cold superiority, you know me. Even though I can withstand the heat too, I'm Godzilla. I'm a tank. I can withstand cold, hot, wherever you put me, I'll, I'll thrive. <laughs> You know, so many of my most fond, and maybe not so fond, memories take place during the cold seasons. And so definitely raises them up there. Man, the stuff my friends and I used to be up to. Absolute madness. But anyway, thank you. Good night. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Balls.